Hi everyone, for this oral history interview, I decided to interview my grandmother about my grandfather, Boyd Blackner, who was an architect in the Salt Lake Valley, um, who did a lot of fountains and various projects throughout the valley. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2002 when I was fairly young, so I never really got to know him that well, and I don't know very much about his, his work. Um, and so I wanted to interview my grandmother for this project, Ann Blackner, and get her perspective on his work and his, um, I guess, architectural style and influence. Um, so for me, it was a very interesting and very personal um, interview, and I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Okay, I'm joined today with my grandma, Ann Blackner. Um, today we're going to discuss a little bit about uh, my grandpa, Boyd Blackner, and his um, career as an architect. Um, and so the first question I want to ask you, Grandma, um, can you give a brief overview of uh, Boyd's work and his career? Yes, I think he, he did quite a variety of things. He did quite a lot of schools, mostly in Wyoming. He did a couple of houses, not many. He did a factory for O.C. Tanner. So, and he liked, he liked doing a variety of things, but I think, and I don't think he would like this, but I think that the thing he was probably most remembered for are the fountains. He did about 50 fountains for Obert Tanner. Many of them are no longer exist uh, for one reason or another. Primarily, I think, conservation. I think people felt that they were wasting water. They also require a lot of upkeep, and uh, people were not always willing to do what was necessary. He used to say they took as much upkeep as a swimming pool. <laughs> so. Uh, so that was another reason that many of them are gone, which saddens me. Yeah, definitely. Um, so would you say that he had a particular style or focus throughout his career? He never had a particular style. He didn't want to have a particular style. He was very creative. He didn't want to feel that he was restricted in any way with, with what he wanted to do, of course he was restricted, and uh, he didn't really fight those restrictions always. If somebody wanted a house a particular way, he tried to do it in a way that they would like, but it would probably not have been the way he might have wanted to do it. But uh, no, he never wanted a particular style. If, if something had happened and he had done something that was especially popular and he was asked to do it over and over again, I don't know if he would have or not, but, uh, but that didn't happen. So I don't think you can look at one of his designs and say, oh, that's a Boyd Blackner design okay. because they're so different. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think he wanted people to think a, a certain way or um, feel a certain way when they looked at his designs? Oh, I think he cared a lot about 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 uh, the pleasure that they might get from them. 
He was a happy person himself, and I think most of his designs show that. I mean, uh, our house, for instance, Tree Cave. Is it okay to talk about this now? Absolutely. Okay. Tree Cave was a very unusual house, and a lot of people didn't like it. It was built in the Federal Heights area, which was a place where many old, old homes, old wonderful homes existed with old wonderful architecture, and this was entirely different. When it was being built, some neighbors thought it was a bridge mm -hmm. uh, because it had four concrete towers that looked, I guess, bridge-like to some people. But he felt it still had the sort of castellated look that some of the other older homes had. But it was very unusual. Um, but again, it was pleasurable to live in. I would, I would stand up on the second floor and look down and think, I'm just so surprised to have a house like this. I mean, it was so wonderful to be able to see it. We could see the valley so well. And the children had tiny little bedrooms. They were like 10 feet square. They were really small, but they loved them. <laughs> And uh, the concrete, we had, of course, problems with money like most people do who are building houses. So we had to forego some things that would have been better not to forego. One being a lot of insulation inside the concrete. Another, we had to put a very inexpensive furnace, a very inexpensive air conditioner, and we had to replace both of those later when we could. Okay. But even, even with those constrictions, the kids all have wonderful memories. They each had their own room, and that was a good thing. That is a good thing. <laughs> so that was, I think, the important part. And then things were built in in, in the room. So they, they worked well, but they were small. And, uh, but it didn't matter to them. They loved them. And then the stairway was glass on the sides of the stairway and we grew all lots of plants. And once I I counted we had fifty plants. He would have some to water and I would have some to water. But they loved the plants loved it in there because of all the light. So bright. But mm -hmm. going up the stairway there were plants and would water them and the water would drip down all the levels. There were actually seven levels, but they were small levels. They were half levels. Hmm. But uh so it was an unusual house, and when, when we sold it, Boyd said he never wanted to go back, and the kids never wanted to go back because they did not want to see any changes that were made. So, we so Grandma, you were just talking about how after you sold the tree cave, um, it would have been difficult to go back and see things changed. Um, and obviously, you know, over time, things um, change landscapes, change buildings, change. Um, and the tree cave is an example of that today. It's, it's very different than it was back, you know, even um, 10 or 15 years ago. Another uh, example of this is uh, one of his fountains, which is the Seven Canyons Fountain um, in Legacy Park? Liberty Park. Liberty Park, thank you, um, which has recently been threatened um, things are looking better for it now, but for a while, the future of it was pretty uncertain. Um, so from your perspective, um, is it important that these designs are preserved 
Um, and if so, why is it important that they are preserved? Well, I think it varies a lot about whether they should remain the same or not. Seven Canyons Fountain is, has been closed for several years, so it's really non-existent right now. But the bones, I think, are still there. And there's been quite a cry to, to restore it because it was such a popular fountain. The reason it was closed was that mothers were letting their little children in diapers wait around in what was represent what little pond represented the Great Salt Lake. It was shallow enough in the fountain that they felt safe letting their kids be there, but it was posed a health risk, so it was shut down. So now they do want to restore it, but, and th this is something that happens now. People are so afraid of children getting hurt or damaged in some way that in a way they don't, they don't have the chance to learn from, from their experiences. But anyway, the seven canyons were each represented with rocks from each canyon and plants from each canyon. So it was a learning experience as well as a, an aesthetic one. And uh, some of the people now were worried that the children could fall on the rock or hurt themselves on a jagged rock and maybe they need to be removed. <laughs> you know, or the pathways are too steep or, or something and, and they would destroy the whole feeling of the fountain if that happened. I mean, they made such a point of getting rocks from the actual canyons and, and plants from the actual canyons. And, and it would be a shame, I think, to change it radically. I mean, I, they, they need to do something about purifying the water and all. That, that was another thing. It was not, they were just using the regular uh, water that they used to water the grass. And they need to use a more pure sort of water for it. But they're working on all those things and they've actually even raised the money for it. So hopefully it will be back. Now many of the other 50 fountains are, are gone for various reasons. Um, many because of water conservation. The library fountain at the university is still there. That was one of the very first fountains that Boyd did. And I'm glad it's still there, but uh, I understand some people are more protective of the trees that are there than, than the fountain itself. So I'm sure that, you know, its lifetime is, is threatened like all the others. And what's funny about their wanting to preserve the trees is that the trees that were supposed to be put in were supposed to be dwarf trees. <laughs> and just to be you know, to not interfere with the fountain at all. Now the trees they put in the wrong kind or something, they're huge. But they do, they do create shade there and it's, I'm not sure that it's uh, such a bad thing. It's just different from what was expected and designed. So some things are accidental and they turned out to be okay and, and other things, you know, can destroy the original intention altogether. So we'll see what happens with that fountain. Mr. Tanner actually donated fountains to all of the higher education uh, places in the state and to the hospitals. And uh, 
but they do require maintenance and they do cost money to keep them up and and sometimes those are not a top priority so it would be interesting sometime to find out how many are left but it would be quite a job because they were all over the state absolutely yeah. um, and moving into the future what do you hope that people um, feel when they see uh, Boyd's designs, whether it's the fountains or the buildings that he designed? I hope they'll, they'll see the happiness and pleasure in all that he had when he was doing them, that he intended that same feeling to be transported to whoever lives in them or sees them. And uh, he was a happy person. I heard one person say, <laughs> that she didn't know anyone who liked meetings so well. But he liked meetings because they were with other people. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I, I know that that's what he would like people to feel, is, is the happiness, the positive parts of them. I can't think of anything that's not. Even if he had to do a pr prison, which he didn't, somehow he would make it a happier place than others, I think. Well, I think that's a fitting tribute. He was a, a very happy person. He was. Um, but thank you, Grandma, for your, for your time, and thank you for answering my questions and helping me get to know uh, Grandpa Boyd's work a little better. Okay. Thank you. If you think of anything else you want to ask. Definitely.